Last time on Montreal Sauce. So the sunroof would fill with water, and then just as you backed out of the driveway, the water would spill right down the back of your neck. So that was a <laughs> refreshing way to start the day is, oh, good morning. So um, I remember you were also uh, tweeting or talking once about uh, putting stuff on lead sheets too. So yeah. um, have you – so you've obviously written music and put it on the sheets. Have you ever um, then gone the next step and tried to get published or um, – No, but you – actually I have – if you go to my – on my GitHub page, which is github.com slash J-K-I-L-L-E-A-R-N, um, I have two songs. I have a, a lead sheet only song, which predates the JD Funcore song, which I wrote for someone else. And then I have the JD Funcore song, and it's Lily Pond, which is an open source notation uh, format. So you can, it's on there as like PDF and different formats, but you can actually edit those. And I'm waiting for uh, my first pull request from someone who wants to edit one of the lead sheets, which hasn't happened, but you know, <laughs> I can dream. <laughs> are, are there lots of musicians using GitHub then? No, <laughs> this was mostly a, a, a promotional ploy by me, as is apparently everything that I do uh, in hopes of getting someone who otherwise wouldn't have paid attention to me to be like, oh, look, a lead sheet in Lily Pond format on GitHub. Boy, that's something different. Hey, I'll check out that guy. I see. Nice. Cool. Um, but but I do. I mean, I have. A, I'm a classically trained musician, so I have. I mean, I I just I can write notation or whatever. And I wanted to put the lead sheets out there mostly because I I really I, I I really want people to engage with the music and I'd love to hear um, on my SoundCloud page. There's the version that you played, and then there's a, a karaoke version which has no vocals in it. And I'm dying to hear someone else like either take a shot at singing it or um, just uh, like make up their own melody or make up their own words or, or do something completely different with it. Um, unfortunately, the JD Funcore uh, song is in sort of legal limbo because I'm trying to get David to license the jingle under Creative Commons, and he just hasn't. <laughs> and he has um, he's told me that he loves the recording, so I know he's like okay with it. But if he would license it Creative Commons, then I would license all of my stuff Creative Commons, and then people could definitely um, go to town with it if they wanted. Um, but yeah, the lead sheet's on there. It's just the melody and the chords. And on the JD Funcore one, I used the jazz font and did all the stuff that was new for me in Lily Pond. So, and I also I was looking for an excuse to learn Lily Pond. So the the, the whole music career thing, um, I like I said, I wanted to do everything. Like Lily Pond is one of those things where I thought for so many years I'm like, oh Lily Pond, I keep hearing about that. I want to do that, but I don't have a good excuse to spend a lot of time learning how to do something. But when you're saying to yourself, like, okay, I, I'd like to try to make a career out of some aspect of this, that's like giving yourself permission to learn a new tool and learn how to do this and learn how to do that. So the Lily Pond stuff on there is basically, I mean, I hope it's for other people. I hope they want to engage with it. But really, it's also for me to learn how to do this stuff and, and see what happens and also how to use Git and GitHub and these technologies that uh, other people you might approach as a programmer. But if you're using digital tools like Lily Pond, then you can use digital tools like github cool yeah so you haven't ever been through the the process i was curious about that I just i was like man that must be like another entire world of trying to sort of like get your like lead sheets published by like a music oh, publisher. Yeah. So the, on the publishing side of it um I, I did i registered with bmi and and thoughts mostly because jonathan colton did and i figured he's a smart man so i'll follow in his footsteps <laughs> um but uh yeah i'd love to um i'd love to get stuff mostly i just want like <laughs> performance rights by other people to perform the music i feel like such a money-grubbing capitalist really it's about the music <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i'd love to get stuff published i'd love to i'd love to just hear uh, my music elsewhere or used elsewhere or performed by other people um but uh, i haven't bothered to register anything certainly the jd Com the jd funcore song i'm not gonna register under copyright because it's still david haven's song basically um i do have the other song in there which i could register but um the person i wrote it for is sort of dabbling between acting and music and um has not decided to sing the song that I wrote for him. So <laughs> that one's also just kind of stalled right now. Ah, I see. So, yeah, I, 
So you uh, you sound pretty excited about like the new world of uh, at least uh, music uh, distribution and publishing. I mean, I just I think I'm more excited about Creative Commons than anything else. But yeah, I mean, there was a time when getting your music published meant, um, you know, having a, a a sheet typeset by a professional printer and then people would take it home and play in their living room on their piano and sit around as a group and sing it or whatever, which which is certainly a really cool thing to do. Um, but the, the these days that you can have at least you have the opportunity to um get stuff out there uh that's amazing that's uh i think that we're all so much better for it and i think that the there is a there's such incredible talent out there and it is sort of um bubbling to the surface i think slowly but um i think it there's great stuff out there and it it comes to light so i'm i'm way more excited about it than i think it things are just going to get better and better the more access people have to digital tools yeah i would agree i think um i think what's happening is the old white men who run the corporations are having a really hard time (laughs) like they still want to you know institute their like record companies and control of like how things get done and it's just like everyone can publish their own things these days but it also means that you Success doesn't mean being you too anymore, right? It means oh, yeah. like it means like making a living and right. enjoying yourself. And I think that's the model that people are, are quite like a little bit confused on. Well, it's definitely I mean it's confusing and it's scary. And I mean to even have the ambition to uh try to make a career of anything creative makes me feel like a crazy person. Um because <laughs> <laughs> like the there's there's just there's so little money in the stuff that everyone will do for free. And uh <laughs> I mean there's a reason that, you know, dentists are making twenty five hundred dollars a week while we're uh you know, sc- scrabbling away with our guitars and, and trying to eke out a living. Um but I mean I still have my day job. Um I'm probably gonna have a day job for a long time because I mean I just can't even imagine charging for a download yet. I mean I'm gonna put out I got a couple more songs on the pipeline that I want to do, but even those I can't really imagine charging for, and I'm still really inexperienced. And the the delay from me, me making any money at all, I feel like is going to be um, there's going to be a big long delay. And if it ever gets to the point where I make any money, that'll be cool. But I think there will be like a, an even longer delay before I could ever make a living doing it, just because it's there's so much competition for attention that it's just unbelievably difficult. Yeah, uh, you're preaching to the choir because we make a As podcast. <laughs> we make a podcast, which is only one of like five thousand billion. So yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's very. Uh, it's funny because I I think like one of the things that you're you're talking about that's so it's like inspiring the way um, people do have success, but. I also think that so many of our new creative outlets in this digital world are um, they're not as competitive as it may seem. Like there's, you know, I don't think that there are too many, say, like, you know, musicians out there or on YouTube or other podcasts who are saying, you know, podcast X sucks. Listen to us or, right. you know, like. It's a very inclusive um, community, but it just, uh, yeah, like you said, there's just so much. (laughs) So much. Yeah. um, David Haven, who is J.D. Funkor, which is the person that the song was about, um, he has 3,300 followers on Twitter and he retweeted the link to the song and it got seven favorites. So that's the kind of like attention level that we're seeing. So in order to get any decent amount of attention, you have to have millions of followers to get like a couple hundred favorites kind of thing. So it's it's a crazy like the the numbers game is just a crazy, crazy game. Like you have to have so many fans to get any eyeballs at all. And even of those, only like a tiny number of people are going to even listen. And then of those, only a few people are going to become like your fan. So it's it's um, definitely intimidating. But with people like you said, Jonathan Colton out there, it's like, well, this is worth a shot. Got to go for it. 
Yeah, audience building is is extremely difficult. You know, it's like <laughs> as I am learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listen to uh, I listen to a podcast called the Podcast Method, which is uh, which is done by Dan Benjamin of Five by Five, the Five by Five. I'm podcast very familiar network. with his work personally. Yeah, and uh, um, Podcast Method is a great podcast, but the the you know the question that comes up almost every episode on it is you know how do I how, get people to listen to my podcast? How do I get people to listen to my podcast? And same and, thing if you go on Reddit and look in the We Are the Music Makers subreddit, and everyone's going to say, "How do I get people to listen to my song?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the you know the reality of it is uh, keep telling them about it in every single avenue that you can, and right. if it's good, um, people will slowly it will slowly start to reach you know right. other people the kind of people that are gonna find it you know right. I think I think part of it too is a lot of a lot of what we do is we, you know, we post on Facebook or Twitter and a lot of the people who are on Twitter or Facebook are people who are personal friends or family and not necessarily like far enough removed from you to say, right. here's this guy that I didn't even really know what he was about or what he was doing, but he made this song and I like it and I'm going to, you know, retweet the link to it. Um, right. You know. Well, that's something that I set out to do. I I have a, I'm very, I don't want to say blessed. I'm very lucky. I have a very supportive family, and if I, um, if I wanted to do a live show and my family came, there would be like thirty plus people there because <laughs> it's a big Sicilian family, and they're all extremely supportive, which is great. Yeah. But yeah. what I really need right now is information about my potential to judge how much time I want to keep spending on this. So when I started with the song and everything, um, I built a whole new identity. I took on a stage name. I made all new social media accounts. And the craziest thing in the world was like setting up a Twitter account, having zero followers, Mm -hmm. but realizing that if I didn't start tweeting stuff, then no one would ever start following. So you just have to start talking to nobody. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, so that's that's been a totally crazy thing, and and I've only had the social media currency of following other people to get started, and um, and I I don't place a, a huge lot of I don't place artistic weight on these numbers, but I mean I'm up to thirty followers on Twitter. I got tons of people on like Snapchat. I got a couple people on Tumblr now because David's kind of active on there, and the song is about him, so there's some activity there. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, the whole audience building thing, that's like half of what, I mean, half of what I wanted to do was just try it and see what happens with that aspect of it. Because you can have great music and no listeners and then it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Audience building is, uh, (laughs) it's uh, definitely a challenge, but it's it's like a separate job, you know, like. It's not even part of what you want to do as a creative, but then it's your job unless you have the money to pay for it, right? right. So, and I, I mean, spend, I spend, and you know, that was another aspect of trying to. One angle of the music career is that I was trying to take everything that I like to do and make a job of it. And one thing I do like to do is go on Twitter and go on Instagram and look at photos and comment on uh, other people's posts. And so part of the music career thing was that I was now going to be uh, legitimately <laughs> spending my time doing those things that, uh, you know, millions of teenagers are doing around the world for fun. Um, and that's been super interesting and just weird. But um, it was another aspect of the the experience that I wanted to have. Yeah, I uh definitely stalked your Instagram and got to see pictures of your instruments and things. <laughs> the other thing is that on my, um, my Instagram account on for the music stuff, as I gave myself permission to post bad pictures, because on my personal account, I'm super um, anal about what I post and I want everything to be like super impressive. And I feel like for the music stuff, since it's more about the content than the photos per se that I could get away with just kind of putting not super great pictures on there. And that feels really liberating. (laughs) I can see that. I can understand that. I feel like I have a whole different set of standards for like personal stuff versus 
these accounts that I'm calling my professional social media accounts. <laughs> Two personalities. I don't know. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're both really truly me. It's just that I don't know. I try not to whine on any of the the music accounts. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. We just we just have uh, we just have conversations with our alternate uh, accounts. <laughs> yes, it's always fun when I get into like a conversation with myself on Twitter using the Montreal sauce uh, <laughs> Twitter. Account. Yeah, I'm like maybe people will think it's Paul. That's funny. <laughs> also I, I use an android phone and the android user account switching was a really critical element of this whole thing so you can have ah. multiple people logged in and like the whole just a whole different set of accounts so yeah if i'm on my personal account i have all my personal stuff all, on like all my family and friends are on there and then on um, professional accounts, it's only just people who have either found the music or I followed them and they followed them, me back. And uh, the phone, honestly, the phone is like a huge part of this because so, <laughs> I mean, so often I'm like, I'm either practicing or I'm like putting a Snapchat together, <laughs> doing something to try to get people excited about what I'm doing. And even if it's a really small audience, that's my perception is that's a critical element. Right. Yeah. Obviously, the audience is a huge element to uh, maintain. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I love music. Obviously, I hope obviously that I love music. Um, but the music career uh, time spending thing, which takes a lot of courage, I think, to like take time away from things that are special to you and say, "I'm going to spend all this time and energy and money on this fleeting goal that." Well, probably not amount to anything, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, part of that was just the opportunity to do um, the social media stuff and uh, mix it, like ch- try to take everything that I could possibly do and mix it into like a single product. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, one of my uh, film professors uh, said something once in one of our classes that I thought was that I thought was um insightful which was like you're all spending this time at film school learning how to make films but when you're done making that film it's not really much of anything unless other people get the the opportunity to see it you have to figure out how to put it out there whether it's you know put it try to get it entered into film festivals put it online put it places people can see it try to promote it because you didn't just make it it's if you just made it for you, great. Put it up on your shelf and give yourself a pat on the back. But <laughs> what we're trying to do is tell other people stories. And right. that what's critical is the other people who are going to hear the story and to see how they're going to respond to tell you, really, did you make it the way that you needed to make it so that you could communicate what you were trying to say? Yeah. So... I'm trying to think like uh that's what it was. Um I was trying to think there was like a few communities, aren't there, where you can kind of like share your music aside from um SoundCloud, there's like uh Reverb Nation. Right. I've like not that. investigated them. Um I kind of feel like SoundCloud is the the YouTube of music right now where it's kind of this one stop shopping, everyone's on there. People don't love the site. People are really pissed about the ads and the monetization, Um, (laughs) but it's still the main go-to place where uh, where everyone's posting sounds and um, and it's like one-stop shopping. So um, that's another thing with the social media aspect: is what account, like, what services do I want to use? What accounts do I want to use? And um, it's hard for me because I'm such a you know, I, I like to use obscure open source products and whatnot when I can, <laughs> but when it comes to, I'm, I have a very limited amount of time to spend on this and I'm going to spend it where I get the most bang for my time. Yeah. It's like you can spend all this time, uh, trying every single thing or before like every podcast, I can jump on every service and be like, Hey, listen live. But 
yeah, it's like, yeah. will will that be valuable or not? And it's all about again back to the audience building. Like you have to build the audience before anyone will listen to you shout that right. out. So, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, aside from uh, Jonathan Coltrane, uh, who else? Uh, what are your other inspirations? Oh gosh, the, <laughs> this could be another several hours. <laughs> hmm. um, no, um, the I have a strange music history because when I was, um, I was always really serious about everything, and I, I through my whole childhood, I had adults pulling me aside and saying, you know, you don't have to be so serious all the time. You can like lighten up and smile and have fun and stuff. And I was just like super serious. So music, I, I used to listen to pop music on the radio when I was a child in the eighties. And, uh, that kind of all went into my head. And then I had a, um, a student teacher in like fourth grade or something play, uh, um, a, one of those like classical gas, um, like, Chip Davis tracks or something. And that kind of blew my mind. So then I was all into like this program music for a long time. It was, uh, it was the cloudburst it was called because we were studying weather <laughs> and I played this track called cloudburst and that like blew my mind. Um, and then in 1996, um, when I was 14 years old, there's a festival called the North American new music festival that came to Buffalo and it was all uh, contemporary music. And that blew my mind again <laughs> So I was super into music that's called contemporary classical music. And the thing about music is it's not like a science where you have a right and wrong answer. In music, you can either do what's been done or you can do something that hasn't been done. And that's all those those are your two options. So in 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 contemporary classical music and what we call new music, um, people are trying to do what hasn't been done before, and it results in sometimes strange experiments that are not well received. But it's music that's too new to know if it's classical or not. Like it, classical music, only the best tunes have survived. But with new music, uh, you might hear junk. You might hear something that's going to be a, a classic 100 years from now, and you don't know. And that's part of what makes it exciting. So I was super into that scene, um, and I still am. Um, but then in college, I uh, joined the college marching band and the, the Ohio University Marching 110, which played uh, rock songs or contemporary radio songs, which I had never listened to since I was a child in the 80s. And my whole life, I had been dreaming up these melodies and uh, and I tried to set them as jazz songs or as, as classical songs. And they were always just kind of cheesy sounding. But when I started listening to the rock music on the radio, I heard my melodies and chord progressions that were set with electric guitars and drums, and they sounded really cool. And that kind of set me on this thing of like, oh my gosh, like I should write rock music because this this is where these these cheesy little melodies that I'm coming up with all the time, this is where they shine. And I fell in love with the electric guitar sound. And, and, uh, and so since college, I've been really... Uh, really into like the Strokes and Bell and Sebastian and these sort of like rock folk, uh, garage rock uh, musicians. And they all have melodies that people describe as catchy and have hooks. Um, they're not always super sophisticated like the contemporary classical stuff, but some sometimes they venture into that territory. But I also wanted to make music that I could do and do well because a lot of these contemporary classical pieces pieces are extremely virtuosic and i as as you know or as we've been talking about i'm not super virtuosic at any instrument maybe mostly trumpet but even that i mean there are people that play circles around me um so i wanted to do music that i could understand and that i could do well and that all fit into that um that rock thing so um i would say uh um the Strokes and Bell and Sebastian are, are two big ones that I heard. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, there's also uh, an electronic musician. I'm going to launch iTunes and find it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I almost did that too, but I didn't really feel like uh, taxing my... Uh, my internet to connect. I was, I was afraid of what will happen. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Your audio stealing. Okay, there, there's this is back into the um, um, and I don't think you can hear this in my music, but there's a uh, a composer named Benjamin Thigpen, and he uh, does electronic music, um, but it's all uh, generated. Like he writes software that writes the music, kind of, and um, he uses like like when something breaks, he'll make a recording of it, and then he'll turn that into like a sample that gets turn into this piece and uh um, i i don't know if you can hear his stuff i mean that first song that i put out is um you know it's like i don't know how would you describe it i'd i'd call it like sort of rock maybe a bit punkish uh definitely like garage rock indie rock yeah yeah and i i think the the trumpets give it like a little bit of a uh, a a little bit of almost a ska (laughs) (laughs) not like really punky ska, but like just right. that little bit of a hint of it. Um, yeah, there's a, a Scottish band called Pronto Mama, and they have like the, I I absolutely adore them, and they've got like electric guitars, and they have like trumpet and trombone and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, they yeah they they're definitely there's there's all these Scottish bands. Um, Randolph's Leap is another one. Uh, there's like this, it's called like Scottish twee pop or whatever. And it's got really cutesy melodies, but then electric guitars and the horns and everything. Um, that music all has inspired me also. And that's also why I took on a, a Scottish, the Scottish stage name of killer. because it's a, it's a cute little town in Scotland. And I thought hmm. I've got to pay homage to these, uh, Scottish bands that are inspiring me, but these bands are, um, you know, they're not. They're not super big. You can go on SoundCloud and they'll have like 30 plays or 40 plays of a track. Um, but they're, you know, their their virtuosity is incredible and they're making great music and they're trying to make it work. So um, all those all those bands and all these different styles. But what I'm also really excited about is while I've set out to compose an indie rock or garage rock song and the next 10 tunes in the pipeline have sort of a set genre i'm really looking forward to experimenting and just pressing record and seeing what happens and finding new sounds that are sort of genre bending without really trying to like just i'm I'm looking forward to uh discovering uh what i can do because i'm starting with stuff that i know i can do well and then i want to see it branch into something that i can't predict which will make it fun sure sure like that's uh it seems like uh, the the goal for any musician, and that's why people end up uh, loving or hating so many pop artists because they they like divert because they want to try something new, and people are like, "Wait, I want the same old thing." <laughs> right? Yeah, I think about that a lot. Um, I think about that as like music as a product, and um, what people expect, what people want, and do they want that consistent familiar experience or they want it to be just different enough that they have a little bit of excitement just the way that people like movies and they like to see that predictable storyline and they want to they want to laugh they want to cry and they want to go home and and that's that at least most people um but then there are people who really want their uh (laughs) their head bent around by a movie and um so there's there's a whole world out there of everything but i i i do think a lot about what I want the music to be and how mainstream I want it to be and how garage rocky I want it to be and um, how strange I want it to be. (laughs) Sweet. So I hope that'll happen in the future because that first song there, (laughs) there's an article about like how much time it takes to do something and that's how expensive it is. And so far that first song took a long time. So the next one I'm going to pick really carefully because I know it's going to be a pretty big time investment to bring it to life. And I just hope that I can get enough done and get enough momentum to get to that point because right now it feels like it's going to take me easily a month to finish another song, just mostly the recording aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, probably more because I'm going to use, I think, violin in the next song and that's going to be a whole other <laughs> thing for me to practice. So. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. It'll get it'll get faster, I think, as you progress. And then uh, also, like I don't know. I think uh, like you, your example of the Potter like uh, really rang true. Like there's so many people out there who I think were are in a similar 
creative situation with you, like some of these guys who are like, I'm going to write a new song every day, right? Like, because they yeah. just want to get better at lyrics and things like that. Yeah, that's amazing. If if people have the discipline to do a song a day, that is just an unbelievable pace to me. Um, I even think like a song a week, which Jonathan Colton did with his podcast for, mm-hmm. I think he did that for years, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did it for he did. a long time. He did it for and quite a while. Yeah, even a, you know, even a song a week. I mean, that's you're really just cranking it out. I mean, you are not dwelling on what you're doing if you're working at that pace. And I'm, I'm not near that yet i mean just just to get all the parts recorded like i said the drum track is like i mean even just for a two minute song by the time i set everything up set the levels yeah get everything just for that one drum and then i'm gonna get take out a you know another instrument and do that whole thing again just to get the drum kit is gonna be like five takes and that's assuming that they went perfectly and i was happy with them which is not what happened so yeah like one it's like one entire night per instrument which with the drum kit alone is like you know a week and then if i'm gonna do guitar like it's gonna take me some practicing like i'm not just gonna sit down and wail out this guitar part so (laughs) that's i'm like gonna start practicing that i'm gonna start practicing violin if i'm gonna do a voice part i'm gonna start doing my warm-ups like a week before i record that part and everything is like there's so much lead time for every little piece of it. I can't imagine even doing a week, a song a week, unless it was like my <laughs> full time job. Right. And then that's the kind of stuff that I mean will get faster soon, like setting up the mic and the levels will just be like, oh, I got this. Boom. Right. Well, and that's the other thing is I, you know, I, I kind of I just set it up and went with it for the first track. But now for the second one, I have all these ideas that I want to do differently. So it's going to be more experimenting and I want to get more, I want to set up a second microphone for room noise this time. But then I also want to close off the main mic even more to get less room noise so that I can control that element a little more. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sound blankets, things like that. Yeah. Because my, I mean, rec- I'm recording in my living room, which is a a drywall box. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Those, like, you, I think you need to like, uh, like this last project. It, it felt like as we were having conversations, you were like, "Oh, I'll be done by then." Like, it, it sounded. <laughs> It sounded like no, that you gave yourself like a date, so you couldn't just like put it off or. You know, like you said, you kind of got things where you want them, but now there's so many things you would change. Like, I think right. you, I think you just need goals. Like, okay, I want to, there's so many things I want to try, but with this next project, I'm going to just try two of these things or something, right. you know, like limit yourself. Yeah. Um, that's definitely the goal is just every song I'm going to try new things and hopefully get closer and closer to, um, being able to do what I want, but at the same time, I also want to get, um, I also want to experiment more and more. So I guess it's like, a I feel pulled in two different directions. Like on one hand, yeah, I want to be able to hear the song in my head and just like record it and have it sound the way that I wanted it to, which I came pretty close with my first, um, try, but at the same time, I also want to be able to be surprised and, um, by my own work. So that's going to require, I don't know, something different, I think, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, just start like a third account. Um, that's your experimental <laughs> account. <clears throat> yeah, I, I could definitely, I could definitely do that. I could, I could make another account where I just like put all my rougher stuff up without it, uh, damaging my reputation. <laughs> There you go. And then when that one takes off, you'll be like, wait, no, it's me. <laughs> like, it's wait, me. no, I put all that work into the other one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds totally plausible. <laughs> That's just, it's just another small entry in your uh, future Wikipedia page. <laughs> At one time he was called. <laughs> <laughs> That you can meticulously edit out every day, like oh no, I don't want anyone to know. Uh, I'll have a I'll have a staff to do that, <laughs> just like the the reputation management team, <laughs> <laughs> the PR team, get them out there. Which is separate well, from the other PR team who handles all the pull requests on GitHub. Yeah. Do you <laughs> do you guys listen to John Roderick? 
Yes. Yeah, um, I listen uh, to his uh, his podcasts. Um, he's a Seattle-based uh, musician who does podcasts, including Roderick on the Line with uh, Merlin Mann, and he's a new one with Dan Benjamin um, called Roadwork. Um, but he uh, he was talking about promotion in the music industry and that you just basically pick the artist you want to promote and then just dump tons of money into promoting them because people don't even notice unless they see it. Like you said before, they see it over and over again. They see it three or four times. Right. Yes. And then they start to be like, oh, hmm, what is this? Um, but all of my... <laughs> I don't want to say my marketing strategy, but the reason my first song was about um, David Haven, like I said, is because he had an established following of people who, by the way, have been just incredibly sweet and kind. Um, so I'm super glad that I like picked his fan base to adopt for the first track. But then um, anyone with more and more followers on Twitter is going to start getting my attention of like, Hey, maybe I should write a song about this person. Or at least if I'm looking at my sort of pipeline of songs I could do like, Hey, I think this next one is going to be, um, cause I, I loved John Syracuse's, um, podcast called hypercritical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I have a tune that I wrote while I was listening to it that I want to, um, flesh out into a song. Um, and the, the, I don't know if you guys listen to accidental tech podcast, I do. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of overlap here. <laughs> so um, so they get, I think they put like 80,000 unique downloads per episode. So, um, you know, if I write the John Syracuse song, which would use violin that I've been talking about, and then they play it on the show, then that's, you know, 80,000 listens. So that that would be yeah. amazing. So yep. that's kind of how the the marketing strategy is guiding my work. Like I have, you know, I don't know, 300 songs that I might want to like, finalize but i'm gonna pick which one based on what i think is the best chance of helping me gain fans oh sure that makes total sense i mean that's why we asked you to come on our show (laughs) so i (laughs) can bring my huge fan base yes yes um yeah and the other thing is the other reason that I did the the JD Funcore song is because it's based on the chorus is the JD Funcore jingle which David Haven puts at the end of his YouTube videos so that was sort of uh so far as the songwriting process went that was kind of like a a booster for me like okay I've got this chorus it's all done it's got words and everything it's the JD Funcore jingle and now all I have to do are write the verses for it and then I ended up writing like a little bridge section for it and that was the whole tune and like a little intro and outro so I had the scaffolding of both the music and I also had the scaffolding of the fan base to um, get that tune started which is why I picked it as my first one to release and then um, I think the next one's going to be the John Syracuse song in hopes of it getting a play on Accidental Tech Podcast um, and then after that, I'll go back to my first song, which is the recorded one that I haven't shared, which is uh, a Go Tom Daly song. And Tom Daly is a British diving uh, champion. He's a, a bronze uh, medalist, Olympic medalist. And he has you know a million plus followers on Twitter. So if I get him to uh, like the song and retweet it, then there's even more plays. So um, that's kind of how I think about what exactly should I work on next. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's a really good plan. I think you're doing a smart thing. It seems like a good plan, <laughs> but we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still hoping that David Haven will put my song in a video. Um, that cause his videos will get like 10,000 views. So that would be awesome. Um, and I would l- super love it if he like sang it <laughs> or did something like that with it. So we'll see, but that's totally out of my hands. For sure. Yeah. And do you have like an official like uh cupcake song yet or, Um, no, although, uh, the community on there is uh, super amazing. So that seriously, the, the community there is awesome. And I need to also invite all of you to, um, the channel on, it's on Freenode. It's the Minix channel. Minix is the, um, operating system that, uh, Linus Torvalds wrote Linux on, (laughs) Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's it's still alive and well. And there's um there's a really awesome chan- uh, community in the IRC channel 
um, of people that are just sort of interested in uh, de- operating systems and development and that kind of stuff. So I feel like there's a there'd be a good a good mix of if you took like the tent people and then the Minix people and put them all together. There's a lot of interesting ideas flying around. <laughs> That's cool. I like it. Sweet. Oh no, there's a lull. That's not good. This is illegal on the radio. <laughs> it just means quiz time, and I don't know if we have enough time for a quiz. <laughs> I don't know if I, I dare do that to you. You're, you've been such a good guest so far. <clears throat> but I do have a quiz. Uh-oh. I'm, if it's anything pop culture, then uh, I will fail in advance. <laughs> it's okay because your opponent is me, and uh, I, I'm terrible at these. Okay, yeah. great. So <laughs> All you right, can still well, pull out a win. Just get a question right. You, you can mention some super famous musician. I'll be like, I've never heard that name before. <laughs> I really I'm I was- just. I was I'm really. Pre- I'm th- preparing you for it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm thinking about you guys, so I wanted something that you could just easily answer. So Uh-oh. that makes uh, it even more embarrassing if I can't get it. No, no, I- I'll <laughs> give you the answers. You just have a fifty-fifty chance uh, of being right because all the questions for tonight's quiz can be answered with Gary Busey or Nick Nolte. So <laughs> awesome. They are both angry, uh, both prone to outbursts, and both have had their trouble with the law. So as a film fanatic, uh, I wouldn't exactly confuse their appearances, but some people seem to miss those <laughs> gigantic dentures at Gary Busey Sports. So I've, uh, I've never heard these two names before, so there you go. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Jonathan or listeners, if you're confused and you just need a refresher, just uh, simply go to DuckDuckGo.com and search Busey, B-U-S-E-Y. And I'm, I'm looking and, at the lists of movies on Wikipedia. I'm not seeing any of them that I've even heard of. So there's that. <laughs> and Nick Nolte. And you'll see they do look sort of similar if you Google N-O-L-T-E and U-S-E-Y. Um, but yeah, so they're... Both troublesome, kind of angry dudes. Uh, you guys ready? Ready. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jonathan. Uh, and again, all you have to do is tell me if it was uh, Nick Nolte or Gary Busey. So, uh, Jonathan, once when this actor was arrested for drunk driving, tests showed that he was under the influence of GHB. Um, which, you know, used by athletes and also horrible date rapers. Uh, And he responded to this accusation by saying he's been taking it for years and he's never been raped, which is terrible. Who was it, Nick Nolte or Gary Busey? Uh, I'm going to go with Gary Busey. Oh, it was Nick Nolte. Oh, I'm I'm just making my decision based on their their pictures. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Gary Busey is kind of crazy, but... That was actually there, Nick there are Nolte. some crazy Gary, yeah there are some crazy Gary Busey pictures so that 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 influenced my decision yes so Paul yes still zero zero you have a chance all right Paul has a really bad record here so terrible uh, record so don't worry Jonathan uh, Paul this actor was kicked out of high school for fighting and also for hiding beer before football practice and he actually got caught drinking during practice <laughs> which one awesome. Uh, I will say Gary Busey. <laughs> nope, it was Nick Nolte. <laughs> uh, still zero zero, Jonathan. Here we go. Uh, I can still win. That's right. Um, <clears throat> despite his angry persona, he did ads for Kia. Gary Busey or Nick Nolte? Um, I'm gonna go with Gary Busey again. You are correct. He looks more like, more like the Kia ad kind of guy. There's your point. I mean, he looks more like the American beauty ideal, which is what the Koreans would like, I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, I, 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 I was even trying to trick you with that question. So good job because Gary Busey is absolutely nuts and they weren't exactly ads for Kia. They were ads for a Kia dealer like in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Even more appropriate. Yes, even yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> like uh, like like a Kia, Gary Busey also does not come with a radio. 
Um, Paul. Yes. This actor has black belts in over four martial arts. I'm going to go with Nick Nolte on that one. <laughs> no, but I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I thought between the two, Nolte would be the one that would have more he, discipline to be able to pull that off. He looks more like a martial arts kind of guy. He does. He looks like a sensei. So, Jonathan, this actor was once pulled over for drunk driving, but instead of being arrested, the couple who reported him were taken into custody. <laughs> I will go with Nick Nolte. Oh, sorry. No, it was Gary Busey. Yeah. Apparently, the couple were like uh, in the press, so they called the police and said he was drunk driving and then followed him to take pictures of his arrest. And when he was perfectly sober with the police, they were like, hey, who's that car down there? And arrested them. <laughs> Man, terrible. Okay, so you're still in the lead with one point. Paul. <laughs> yes. He once made a statement saying he worked out how to deal with the press. He told lies. There were stories that he didn't learn to read until he was 15, that he met his first wife when she was a trapeze artist in a circus, <laughs> and that he lived for years in a Mexican whorehouse. Which one? So amazing. I want it to be Nick Nolte really badly. You are correct. It's Nick Nolte. <laughs> he just didn't know how to deal with the press, so he just lied. <laughs> I love it. Um, so now it's tied. Stress. It's, this is go. really exciting. <clears throat> uh, Jonathan, uh, despite his success in films, he filed for bankruptcy in 2012. Gary Busey or Nick Nolte? Uh, Gary Busey, it looks like, has had two wives, so I'm going to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> Your logic should win, and it does. So congratulations. That is All right. Nice. <clears throat> Gary Busey was also in a band. See, the, the ties everything together. <laughs> um, Paul, in 1965, this actor was arrested for forging draft papers so he and his buddies could get into bars and drink. 1965? <laughs> yes. He was given a lengthy jail sentence and he was later suspended. But yeah, 1965, he was uh, just a teenager, so they forged draft papers so they could go to bars and drink. Uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> it was Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Jonathan, you're, you're ahead two to one. Here we go. Um, in 2011, this actor was sued for shouldering a 57-year-old woman <laughs> to the ground at the airport. <laughs> she was in his way and drunk him wanted to board that plane, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go with Gary Busey. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> A commanding lead. That's it, yeah. This is the last question, too. But uh, so, you know, Paul, you, you should just get it right just to make it close. Sure. All right. So in 1992, he was chosen as People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. <laughs> Why not, Nick Nolte? <laughs> You're correct. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> And Jonathan wins our, our our coveted prize, which is which is what again, Paul? <laughs> um, yeah, fame? Exactly. yes, yes. Thank you, excellent. That's exactly what I needed to make right. my music career go. <laughs> Good. <laughs> There's no guarantee when it's going to kick in, but right. when it does, you'll know, and it's I'll because of us. I'll just be able to send you guys a thank you card, and that'll be that. Perfect. I like it. Well, uh, we've been taking up uh, a lot of your time and the audience's time, and uh, it's uh, about time to do the whole sign-off thing. Um, Jonathan, where do you want to point people? Like uh, we mentioned some of your stuff, but you want to go ahead and give it a shout again? Um, sure. My username is J-K-I-L-L-E-A-R-N, and that's on Twitter and SoundCloud and GitHub and 
Tumblr and Snapchat and Instagram and Reddit. And there's nothing on YouTube yet, but I made the account. And that's, <laughs> I think that's everything. Consistency. Nicely done. That was that was another uh, another name choice uh, thing is social media. Find something that account you can, availability. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Oh, I see. Well done. Well, thanks again for uh, to t- taking the time to talk to us. I had a lot well, of thanks fun for, for having sure. me. This was a great conversation. I'm glad we actually got to chat for once instead of just sending uh, whatever you call tweets on cupcake back and forth. <laughs> Ooh, that's posts. Be. Tense. Tent posts. Boom. Polls. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I was thinking it needs to be something like cupcake related. Mm. <laughs> I really don't like tentler, so I, I refuse to use that. Yeah. 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 Something cupcake related. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. <laughs> awesome. Done. <laughs> Pretty good. There you go. I like it. <laughs> Sprinkles in your timeline, baby. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Uh, well, yes. Thanks again to everyone who listened. Thanks to all the people who were in the uh, chat room tonight. That was f- fun. I did try to pay attention. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Pegs said she had fun. Uh, it was interesting. Okay. Uh, so now I have to do the other stuff. And next week, um, I'm working. Kind of had some stuff going on. Uh, personal life stuff going on but i'm working on getting together some people to watch a bad movie so we'll be back next thursday i hope (laughs) (laughs) it means paul and i have to watch a movie in like the next uh seven days couple days yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so uh, i'm working on it i'm working on it but uh we'll see and then in what's that that would put us on the 24th i do believe i have lined up um uh a writer from um the death and taxes magazine.com uh joe vex to come talk to us so that should be kind of fun awesome. he does some interesting things online like making a public facebook account for everyone to sign in so i'm looking forward to chatting with him so that's in two weeks when we're back in montreal sauce hey my name is chris and uh you can find me on the twitters at uh, sick days s-i-k-k-d-a-y-s or just go to sickdays.me and find me all over those other places that jonathan mentioned there you go and uh i am uh paul i'm paul d on twitter uh, or you can head to padizio.com, P-A-D-I-Z-I-O.com, and that will link you off to many other places where I have stuff, including Twitter and my blog and all that. <laughs> cool. All right. Hey, uh, I will say it again. Thanks a lot, Jonathan, for and joining thank us. Thank you both. That was great. Sweet. And uh, everyone remember, if uh, life gives you potatoes, make poutine. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah.